Welcome to the Alchemy of Transformation podcast. I'm Anouk, a transformational coach, multidisciplinary artist, speaker, and teacher. And I'm Elijah, a multidimensional coach, a transformational artist, speaker, and teacher. We are two source workers deeply connected with our cosmic origins. We are all about incarnating our higher purpose into our lives and helping others do the same. In our discussions, we will share our favorite pieces of wisdom and tools that we personally use to stay aligned and get the best out of ourselves. We hope that you are as excited as we are to deeply explore the mysteries of the multiverse. Are you ready? Let's dive! Salut Anouk! Hello Elijah! Hey, so nice to be here with you right now. Mm-hmm. And talk about the inner child. Hmm, the inner child. Mm, wow, I um I feel really excited right now to talk about the inner child, mm-hmm. but also invite myself to tap in my inner child. And mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we get all serious about preparing with Posca, but all of a sudden my inner child just popped up and I feel um more ready to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. On that note, I'd like to say that I had put this sweater, which is for the people who will listen to the audio version, version it's a rainbow sweater, um, which my adult self would have never picked. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely a, a comment, a, no co- command. Oh, a command. Command. A, Thank uh-huh. you. A request. My, yeah, totally. And. And I, I was wearing it, but I was a little warm, so I took it off. But as you said, it's like my inner child that that invited itself to the conversation and that I want to bring forth in that conversation because at the end, it's what inner child medicine is about to create room and space in our lives so our inner child can express itself and add value to everything, anything we do. Uh-huh, and... and um, uh- spontaneity you know also that spontaneity of the child that is often very much in the present moment the child is so you know doesn't think so much about the future or the past so much as we do as adults right there's so much in the present moment and so I I don't know if that's how it happened but I I could imagine being at the thrift store and you know my hand falls on this thing and my first thought is like "Uh uh-uh but then the there's a voice that says, but I like it. <laughs> and you have this moment of like, mm, oh, right. I do want you to have more room. And you say, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Thank you for, for sharing that uh, sweater with us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's a simple but concrete example. Probably we're going to come back to that kind of thoughts later in the conversation, but how can we integrate more of the inner child into our lives, right? Uh-huh. right? I, I feel like we we could start by just- What is I, the inner child? Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about here? Okay. Mm-hmm. So what, what are your thoughts about what is the inner child? 
Are you asking me or the audience? Um, everybody, because everybody's inputs are welcome. But in that case, you are my interlocutor. <laughs> <laughs> interlocutor. Yeah, I'm the one speaking with you. Is interlocutor a word in English? I'm not sure. Our little bilingual brain. I think so. I think so because I used it once with someone and that person was like, what the heck is that? And I, I searched it and it exists, but I think it's not very used often. Uh -huh. And I have this like French wired brain. Uh -huh. <laughs> so sometimes I just translate words uh -huh. in a yeah. good way, but not in an English wired brain. Yeah. So as the person who is speaking with you, I will answer the question of what, do, what is my take on what is the inner child? Mm -hmm. Well, it's so vast, um, which is why we wanted to talk about it, because it is something that is worth going deeper. Um, well, in other episodes, we've talked about we've talked about archetypal energy, subconscious forces that exist in the human psyche and uh, I guess one way to describe the inner child in a psycho-spiritual way would be to, um, oh my, yeah, I was really seriously talking about the inner child and then this puppy shows up, it's really distracting, <laughs> and, and with your little face and look of like, ah, look at my puppy, it's like your, the little girl in you is like, I have a puppy and he's so uh -huh. cute. <laughs> we talked about integrating our inner child to that conversation so it might get a little um, non-linear right a little bit um <laughs> but hopefully we'll manage to keep your attention um and uh, hopefully also attract your inner child to be more playful mm -hmm. so yeah the inner child can be seen like as this archetypal energy right this part of us uh, uh, one expression of the many fragments of the different expressions each human have right from from a very sovereign place to a very victim place. I'm a, like there's so many different archetypes right now. I'm um, like giving awesome examples, but the inner child is an energy that we can all tap into that is inherent within ourselves. Um, often the, so, so that's one way to describe the inner child. I could go into different things within that, but one thing that is to me, like one of the most important resonance about the inner child is its innocence and its capacity to be in deep imagination in the present moment, which I believe is our purest creator state. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I'd like to add a little bit to this archetypal energy you talked about because when we talk about archetypes, it's like this pure form that exists at, sorry, Poppy, I like you, I love you, but <laughs> I'm distracted now. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, the, it's, it's this pure form that exists in like higher realms of reality or higher dimensions. And that includes everything that has to do with a child um, kind of, like the, the complete and perfect child. And then, and then we can all tap into that energy and we all embody that energy um, in function of our stories and our personalities. So we all filter um, that energy in a very unique and personalized way. 
Um, so there is this idea that being a child is a state um, that inhabits us and then we all have our own relationship with it. Uh, and it's a moment to moment, dynamic, forever evolving relationship. Um, and yeah, if, when you say this, like, you know, how do we each create our own signature of that archetypal energy of the inner child? Like you said, it's through our life experience. And, and um, so it, it often the way we relate to our own inner child is how in our early years we were taken care of as a child mm -hmm. we will kind of like interiorize those conversations and because of you know from zero to some months years we are pre-language um some of this uh these ways of being these programs these patterns these these ways of these relationships with the world, with our parents or caretakers, we take them in, in a very deeply subconscious way. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it's what's kind of fascinating to do, quote unquote, inner child work is, is part of it is going and explore part of our childhood and how mm -hmm we have interiorized certain conversation that taints that that filters distorts our capacity to tap in the pure energy of the archetypal uh, inner child which I would love to call the divine child sometimes we talk about the divine mother the divine father and here's the divine mm -hmm. child right mm -hmm. completely yeah mm -hmm. yeah which which brings the difference or the distinction between what we could call the wounded child and the healthy child. Uh, so our inner child, our inner children have multiple faces um, and, and as children, we all encounter traumas. And what I would define as a trauma here is just an emotional shock that remains unprocessed. And as you said, in our early childhood years, we, we frame, we shape our vision of reality. And maybe that time my mother was impatient with me because she was tired and she was overwhelmed with my three other siblings. And in my needs and in my, in my innocence and in my vulnerability as a child, it was a shock that was never processed because, because I, I didn't have room later to cry or to express whatever I needed to express. And then there's this belief or this perception of reality that, oh, I am unheard or when I express my needs, um, they are unmet, for example. And then we, we build on those traumas or those emotional shocks. And that, that creates our um, like wounded inner child complex, let's say. I don't have highly scientific vocabulary for it. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes like each of these moments are like the vibrational pockets of memory. Mm -hmm. And then if 
most of them have the same type of emotion. They kind of become this bigger vibration and, and, and that bigger density of sense of self or, and um, it's, it's, it gets really interesting to look at it vibrationally that way, because sometimes we can like be on a one thread of like the inner child, if we're healing the inner child and going into those different, those different moments where there was a wound, like you said, an, an unprocessed emotional shock, um, the, we can go on, you know, if that's what we're doing in life, we're like actually healing. And like, sometimes when we're in the dark night of the soul, that's what's going on. We're going through all of these moments of darker mm. energy, of darker vibration the the vibration in there is 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 intensified by a negative emotion and to be to to sometimes we are so lucky that we go through one memory two memory three memory in a bunch of a few weeks or a few months where we're kind of cleansing going through each of the memories and with our love with our higher self with our divine inner parent we can go see those different little pockets of moments and bring in new awareness because it might have been frozen since then you might have mm -hmm. never looked at it you might have never realized oh my god yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah I remember my first months even years of therapy when I was told to hold my inner child and bring forth this like mother energy myself and that it was my responsibility to do it I was just like I don't have words there like I, I wasn't able to process and to embody that energy because I had repressed my inner child so very deep in my unconscious because what happens with this wounded child is that it's in pain <laughs> so and who who wants to feel the pain even though it's necessary to clear our auras our energetic bodies so we are fully here and now and that we can create from a conscious place we all repress stuff because it's painful um yeah and um sorry go no go ahead i was just gonna say that like we repress it but in a way another word that i'd like to use right now is we store it we store it for the moment we have a, enough resources, inner and or outer, to unpack it. Mm -hmm. Or we have enough will to move energy through the shield of, wash, I'm not going to take care of that thing. Or, you know, the whatever reaction we have with, towards our inner child or wounded inner child. And I'm saying wash because as you were talking, I was remembering my own. You know, I think mm -hmm. as a child, I was left in poopy diaper a lot. And I'm just, as you were talking, I was processing the fact that I probably was met often by different types of people, uh, not my parents, like uh, anyway, social services or whatever, with me in poopy diaper. And like me as a child who just has, I was just processing that right now. Oh, I wonder how many times people like picked me up and was like, ooh. Mm. Ooh, there's like poo everywhere <laughs> mm. and like you know anyway so like when I started doing therapy like you were saying it took me months to pass through my I could I had identified that there was a spot in my left hip mm. it was kind of like where all of this densified energy was 
And I remember looking at it energetically and physically and having this sense of repulsion. Like it took me months to go through feeling repulsed by that aspect of me mm. to eventually thankful to like therapy and Barbara Brennan school and like just so much energy and focus and love and resources and um, like methods, right? Strategies to, to go pass through this huge shield mm-hmm. and then really feel the shame underneath and like mm-hmm. I remember like you know I'm in my mid-30s and I'm really into it I'm like I just tapped into this deep healing and I'm in the street and I'm pretending that I'm removing my poopy diaper ah! and like I have a couple peers with me that are like yeah 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 cheering me on mm-hmm. the others are like kind of oh, this is too weird for me <laughs> they just kept going for to go to the restaurant but I was blessed at that moment to have a couple peers witnessing me releasing that Mm -hmm. Um, so sorry that's a long anecdote but I just wanted to share that there's so many different ways for us to approach inner child work and it might not be as disgusting for you but you'll have your own emotion you'll have your own resistance which will has a repulsing a moving away from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and don't stop that that I, I appreciate your sharing because one part of inner child work or inner child healing is like this this um what's the word I'm looking for drastic honesty or radical honesty of like what whatever resistance I'm having or difficult experience I'm having what's underneath and and often often there's shame or, or there's the belief of being unworthy and whenever we encounter this feeling of not being enough usually it's our inner child that that's desperate and that's in need of guidance yeah and it's it's often hard to acknowledge because again there's there's pain there but whenever whenever we have the courage uh, to to hold the hand or hold this child and just listen to whatever it has to say and has to express or whatever need it has and we do our best to answer it it's like it's it's releasing what is not serving us anymore and and making thinner this shield you talked about and giving us access to this divine child that has incredible gifts to offer us of creativity of playfulness of being adventurous and wanting to explore and just 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 be able to tap into this innate joy whenever a child feels listened to is emotionally and physically safe it it wants to experiment life so there's definitely there's definitely, I would say, a collective need to tap into that energy to, to make this world better and to live our best lives. Yeah, I agree. And, and I really feel that <clears throat> there are many ways to get there, but one, I don't want to say the only way, but in, in my opinion, prayer to God, surrendering to God and personal inner work are kind of like the only way to really tap into that pure, pure state. 
mm-hmm. of being in the present moment and the spontaneity of generous love and imagination and um yeah is to go through this to do to do the work and 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 I just want to go back to you know what I said earlier is like we store these moments without realizing so subconsciously we have these behaviors which kind of look like whatever our personality which can be like if we 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 go deeper and we're like yeah it's not my personality it's my defense mechanism and then we will go a bit deeper and we're like oh well, why am I what am I defending and um we eventually can track all the way back to specific moments mm-hmm. and um these moments are stored within our aura within our field within our psyche but we you know we've talked about it and I'm 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 sorry to be so serious about it but I just want to highlight the fact that we need support either I need to expand my consciousness and I need to meditate to do sport to do whatever I need to do to journal to draw to dance and or I need also external support people who can hold a bigger space while I fall apart or maybe mm-hmm. even somebody who knows what's the next step because they went through it um and like sometimes it is necessary to to explore um our inner self in a awesome intentional space with others because if we look at it through an energy perspective we have the aura and we have these memories which are actually like frozen capsules of moments stuck in our aura which can then conglomerate as grapes around one another when they have the same vibration mm-hmm. when we do inner healing it's like we're going in one specific grape and all of a sudden we're in it the astral world we're in the actor who was in the play and we can merge with the hero of that story and so all of a sudden if we're not careful we're completely identified with the emotion that's in there and um whatever it is the emotion let's say it's anger or shame let's go with shame and that so as we're doing the healing sometimes part of the healing is to be able to have a foot identified with the hero of the capsule the emotion the shame the whatever and a foot in reality right now as an adult as a higher self as a very well-intentioned being who is looking for liberation and healing Mm -hmm. and and to make sure we have a foot in both but however sometimes it's really hard to do that especially when we've never done it so that's why we at first sometimes need external support or for really big things where we might completely identify with the thing and not Mm -hmm. be able to actually bring in resources and then re-traumatize ourselves. like we have so um yeah we store it until we're capable of dealing with it and if you want to deal with it i encourage you to prepare yourself uh, mm-hmm. through personal practice and having an uh, at least one other person or a network of people who will support you. Mm. Yeah, and as, as you were talking, I remember having a conversation with a friend and, she, and I'm thinking of it because sometimes we can trick ourselves and be like, oh, I can handle it by myself. And I'm glad that you brought for the shame theme. And I, I remember that we talked about it a little bit, but it's worth repeating because it's, it's such like a golden piece to our healing and our expansion. Um, 
she had this hard time and she she was able to recognize that it was her inner child that needed to be um to be held and that needed to have this like tantrum right this release um this huge like emotional explosion but in her experience there was shame related to explode like it like it in the front of other people so she had this like this like distorted perception that um it was safer to to handle it by herself and that she was able to hold space for her for herself which which can be the case and sometimes it is okay um, but there is so much healing that comes from being witnessed by someone who is just able to see you and hold you and acknowledge your experience it's 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 restoring our dignity it's restoring our worth even though i have the, this in, intensity inside and even though i i'm expressing it i am still worthy of love of support yeah I um uh, yeah sorry I I'm I, I was really moved by what you were saying hmm. and um I feel lost in my emotion right now hmm. <laughs> I went into half of my brain <laughs> 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 the linear has left the ship mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah because the inner child as we said is emotional irrational um yeah not linear <laughs> yeah and it's, it's always with us always so we can either pay attention to it or not um and sometimes I, I I read a book of an art therapist about the inner child and inner child healing and work and in some of her exercises she also um, she also mentioned that if you're calling in your inner child and it doesn't answer the call, it might be that it's been neglected for so long and it lost its trust in you. So this, this relationship with our inner child is a constant work as it is to be a parent. You're not, you're not a parent I mean, unless you have a shared custody, right? But you're not a parent half of the time. A child needs constant attention, needs constant cares. So, yeah, yeah, very true. And when you speak of, of, of that type of care, of regular care, it makes me feel that like the eventually come to this place of inner child, of inner child of God, of inner child of this universe. And um, one of the ways that I find the most efficient in being able to connect with God is by clearing my space and to be truly in emptiness as much as possible in this deep neutrality and this opening to, to be. Mm -hmm. And um, if my self is busy with unmet needs or unheard needs or unheard aspects of me there's this 
subconscious rambling in the back of me that is negotiating about this, either avoiding or trying to get or like, and, and that's in the way of being in the emptiness that I would love to be able to connect with God mm-hmm. and that God state. So like, it's like all interweaved together. I don't know if uh, I was able to, to create that sense. Totally, totally. Because whenever, whenever there is discomfort, is if we are unable to sit with our discomfort, what are we going to do? We either, we're going to numb in some way. So we either um, keep ourselves over busy and we do, we do, we do, we do, we do. So we're not in, in touch with this sensitive, painful experience. Sorry, some movement behind me. Uh, or or we just keep busy with other things or we numb like you're um mm-hmm. I also want to say that sometimes maybe we uh um dive uh, uh we get emotional about something else like it's a form of denial and a form of moving the energy mm-hmm. um if that makes uh sense like we're not going to be emotional about the deeper authentic need but we're going to react about something else we're going to get upset about something stupid for example uh-huh. yeah well like, i have an example okay. okay go ahead um i've been polyamorous most of my life and about 10 years ago i was with this man and we had a lovely relationship love them um but he was very sexual and as was i um but he was more sexual than me and at some point i kind of hooked him up with a friend of mine i thought it was cool the second date <clears throat> oh yeah second date hmm. the second date they had I was totally cool about it but I made such a scene about the fact that he parked the car three blocks away like mm. like you know he came back parked three three blocks away and then when the next day I heard about it I was just like and I was all heated <laughs> up about it and then like a few hours later I was like wow I think that was an overreaction oh maybe I am jealous <laughs> like so that's just an example of of me like not being skilled at the time in being more honest about how I felt because at the time I hadn't healed very much I hadn't spent much time healing my relationship to bond so mm-hmm. I was polyamorous because it was a re- because I was very detached to bond I could make many bonds I was generous with my bonds mm-hmm. but they could come and go or so I thought Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I'm I'm grateful that you're bringing the conversation in that direction because I I think that's an important topic um, related to inner child work or inner child archetype is the attachment style we have I'm so glad you bring it up yes and as you said in the beginning we we tend to parent ourselves the way we've been parented in our childhood so the the attachment style between our inner parent and our inner child is very much the same that we had and maybe still have with our parents and other meaningful relationship bonds into our lives often with our lovers our partners Um, It's where it tends to show up a lot or with close friends as well. Whenever there's like deep emotional connection, it's going to trigger our attachment style. And I would also say reliance. Like the moment 
we we have to rely on somebody like somebody mm-hmm. in a team at work at school mm-hmm. those can also be places where we can see that like not as much obviously we're not going to be as emotionally impacted but I think it's a fun place to observe also but mm-hmm. yeah uh, and I, I don't I don't want to go into like deep theoretical stuff about attachment style but we we basically there's basically secure attachment and insecure or anxious attachment and and what is secure attachment is is emotional safety as as a child I'm very much dependent of my parents and as you said you had you said the perfect words like can I rely on my parent is my parent um steady enough in its care and in its presence and it's is in its responses so I can I have the assurance that whatever um insecurity or issue or problem as a child I can go to my parent and I'm going to be received exactly as I am and loved and reassured on our bond Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh that's a secure bond yay and and um so I just want to clarify your that the way I understand there's like three styles let's say the insecure the secure and the avoidant um I I'm not aware of like the precise vocabulary in English because I studied psychology in French um but you there's secure and then there's three others anxious type of attachment. So they're all anxious, but they have different ways of showing up. So there's the avoidant and the other one, I don't know, like the translation, but it's more of an ambivalent. It's, it's the word we use in French uh, t- kind of attachment. And then there's the disorganized. But I, I'm just, I, I'm doing like, free translation right uh-huh. now so I'm yeah not sure if it's yeah. like the proper vocabulary they use in and language. yeah you know these languages they're um a, a, a language is an agreement on a word in a definition right and so there's different um intellectuals who have created you know different types of lingo mm-hmm. um but one one find that i find one that i've read that i have found so simple and really kind of was clear is like just observing anxious or avoidant right and just that idea of like <laughs> they meet so well and create mm-hmm. these loops of drama and I have been in in in, in these loops for sure and uh, I've worked hard and right now I'm very happy to be in a relationship where um, I don't find that those programs are showing up but I had did a, I had to do a lot of healing of my own in you know observing my insecurities and my avoidances or whatever where mm-hmm. I was at but mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's it's great that you bring this up, and and I want to surf on this. Um, I was talking with my partner a few uh, like a couple months ago. They mentioned this that they were, is it Gabor Mate? I can't remember who says this, but this sense that if as a child our certain needs are not met, our energy goes into having to meet that ourselves, right? through denying or whatever emotional response that we have which means that some of our energy can't go and keep expending it like those who have those needs met can expand that way right Mm -hmm. so like obviously if you have less food maybe you have less energy maybe you're weaker or whatever like but if you don't have less emotional support um and at home when you get home it's always this 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 
insecure experience where you might not grow as much. And I'm bringing this up because lately I've been thinking a lot about it where I've been doing a lot of work on my childhood and my inner child and my relationship to myself and parenting myself and, and realizing right now, like it's this, my month's focus. Now that I have cleared certain leaks in my life, cleared certain loops, certain grapes of negative emotion. Now that I've put love and love and love and poof, they've even like decrystallized. And now, wow, energy is running more freely and my consciousness feels more whole. Do I, how do I get, how am I, how can I parent myself and support myself to grow in those places where as a child, I wasn't able to grow. And one of them is school. Like I was so focused on my mom's illness, mental illness, that I wasn't, I was really smart at school. I was a good student, but I didn't study. I didn't push it. I wasn't attached to good grades because that was the focus of nobody in my life. Like the focus was, is, is my mom going to be okay when I come home? Is she even going to be there? Am I going to be fed? Like, so now I'm actually back in school and not in a field that is about healing or helping other people. It's about creation and creation in the digital and 3D and blah, 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 and VR. And, and it feels like I'm finally tapping into uh, education for myself in a new way. And I am opening my psyche and my subconscious and guidance to receive the tutorship, the mm -hmm. structure, the cheerleading, the maybe a hint of like uh, com competition, competition. Like mm -hmm. I've never been in competition, but it seems like it helps certain people thrive. You know, so I'm like right now exploring finally a new field for my inner child to to grow up. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. wanted to share that. Thank you. It's a, you're the I'm emotional sharing it because it's it's very mm -hmm. new <laughs> for me. Mm. And I'm glad that you're showing yourself vulnerable because as we said, our inner child is always with us and a child will always have the qualities of vulnerability and sensitivity and a need, a need for safety, emotional safety and reassurance. So it's not, it's not that, oh, I healed my inner child and now I'm done and now I can go live my life and do whatever I want to do. It's, it's a presence that's forever with us. So shifting this inner attachment style is about, as we said, just create this life safe container that is always unconditional, unconditionally there for our vulnerable self. And, and then one part of a secure attachment, which I could relate with like the, the safe container would be maybe the divine mother. And then the part of the divine father would be to, to push its child so it can, it can go explore and it takes risks um, in, a, in a safe and contained way, knowing that it can always come back to this more mother holding warm energy. Um, so it's, it's not about getting rid of our fears and insecurities. It's, it's about acknowledging them and holding them and, and be able to take action, take inspired action, even though it's new and scary and we don't know what's going to happen. But no matter what's going to happen, we have this safe place we can always come back to. Mm. Mm, I feel safe. 
when you speak, there's something in your tone of voice where the divine mother can really come through. Mm, so, so did I. Um, um, I, I also made this work of healing a lot, my inner child and acknowledging it and let it be exactly as it was. Um, and as we, we hold this vulnerable, panicked, despaired child, there's, there's this sense of safety that's created. And, and what's, what is any kind of emotion? It's energy in motion. So if we let it be, it's going to move, it's going to be released. And then we have this clearing, this space. It's so hard to imagine when we're trying to contain it or hide it, and then we're living through it, and we're like, this is going to be forever. Mm -hmm. Well, nobody, it ain't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, to let it go, you got to feel it. So once you're feeling it, you're that much closer to letting it go completely, <laughs> or mm -hmm. at least in huge chunks. So, so feeling it completely, right? And dive, dive into it. Yeah. Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I want to leave you on that. Just go feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Compassionately and lovingly, of course. Uh -huh. And find, find an outer container for yourself. And it's too big to handle by yourself. And this, this supports there. I, maybe we can like, like come back to the beginning with this like divine child that we are we are it by essence we are infinitely unconditionally loved and held and guided there is so many support in the spirit realm around us so so by by essence god our spirit is our perfect parent and is going to provide if we open the door to to be held and supported and I want to say, not just open the door, um, also invite and be very clear on who you invite and what is the purpose of this tea party. But there are so many angels and guides in the spiritual world that are ready and waiting for somebody to call on them, to contribute to them in the light and the love. And, and some, but we live in a world of consent. So sometimes, you know, you're so, con we are so focused on our pain that we forget that healing is possible and we forget to invite those energies. Mm -hmm. So just a mm -hmm. reminder, it's mm -hmm. allowed, you know, feel free to say thank you for the support that is here as I am going deeper and healing myself. Completely. And we're kind of concluding, but I had another flash that might be important or relevant to share. And this is the theme of boundaries. We talked about the divine, divine father as the one who, who pushes you out of your comfort zone and encourages you to explore and take risks. But the, the divine masculine or the divine father is also the one that's going to um, stand up um, and going to um, set boundaries and speak up and, and protect you, protect your inner child. So it's also a responsibility to set up those boundaries in whatever bond is, is not serving us. And I, I have this memory of this relationship with a man that I love deeply and I still love him, but he was, he was unable to offer me what I needed in a relationship. 
So I had, I had to say no at some point. I had to um, extract myself from that relationship, even though it was super painful for my inner child that wanted this, this recognition and this, this deep connection with a partner, but he wasn't the right one for me. So I, I had to muscle my divine father and be able to say it's enough and I, I'm going to quit. So this wow. is one example, but there is so many ways we can set boundaries and say no in order to keep our inner child, our vulnerable, yeah. sensitive self safe. Yeah, I'm really triggered by the word quit that you used because for me, quitting is like this association of not finishing something. Mm. That's my own association. But so I just feel the need <laughs> to, to shift that verb, if you don't mind, to be like, I'm going to set my foot down and say, mm -hmm. you deserve something else. And mm -hmm. let's make sure you get that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to lovingly leave this person on the other side of, of our heart space on that level of deep interconnection. Mm -hmm. Thank you for letting me rephrase. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're, the words we use are important. And as, as we mentioned, I have this French wired brain. So sometimes my translations are not um, the most accurate. Oh, so, you're doing so well. I, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Great. But thank you for making the distinction. Mm. Well, maybe other people don't have that connotation of the word quit, but uh, I, I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, anyway. I was going to go in a mental tangent, mm -hmm. word definition. <laughs> mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe as a final word, um, we talked a lot about like inner child healing and reparenting ourselves and create this like secure attachment with ourselves. Um, but we didn't talk about play. We have this whole episode about playfulness and how it is important into our lives. And this is, it's very much related to the inner child. So whenever, whenever we, we create this safe bond, then there's this like also need for, for reflection about what, what kind of play, what kind of fun do I want to invite into my life and, and allow ourselves to be silly or buy a rainbow sweater, even though it's like, oh, I'm going to look silly or I'm going to look crazy or whatever. And just allow our inner child to, to be silly and to be spontaneous and, and just to follow whatever impulse of, of joy and playfulness we can have. Sometimes when I feel really safe, I, I really get into my little inner child, my, ch my inner child. I was going to say little girl because I guess I felt more like a girl at the time because I didn't have another option. But so I feel like she's here now and she wanted to say hi. So that's one thing that that's one thing that as I've been healing my inner child, she pops up sometimes in the right, like in very intimate settings, you know, with my mm -hmm. partner or friends, mm -hmm. specific friends. But yeah, in, in, in my case, she shows a lot with my dog whenever we walk in the woods. And I'm just like talking with flowers and trees and saying hi to birds and then singing like silly songs to my dog, inventing, like improvising on the spot that I love her and she's the 
most perfect dog in the world. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be, we, we can create like dates with ourselves and go whatever, whatever thing feels like playing or, or inviting our inner child. But sometimes it's this five minutes of, of being spontaneous and we, we feel recharged and we feel, mm-hmm, we, we connect with that innocence. Yeah, yeah. You, you we do feel recharged after like mm-hmm. the weight of our whatever mental processing we we carry is like poof it's gone for you know we really connected to the life force all of a sudden um just we just we just can't stop but as you mentioned it's something you've mentioned in other episodes but i think it's so perfect to mention it here again which one of the exercises that you've done to connect with your inner child is to write with your non-dominant hand Mm-hmm. And this is from, I mentioned her, um, I think, or it was before, um, Lu- Lucia Capaccione. Um, she wrote the book, The Recovery of Your Inner Child. And she also wrote the book, um, I think it's The Power of Your Other Hands. She's an art therapist and she suggests different exercises so we can connect and heal and reframe our relationship with our inner child. Um, and one of her exercises is to um, do dialogue with ourselves, so right and left hand, um, and so your your ego self or your personality or adult self, right, with your dominant hand, and you the inner child answers with the non-dominant hand. Um, so this is a way to be in touch with our inner child and and get clarity about its needs and about its reactions and and just create that bond and this like maybe regular or not that regular but do a check-in with the inner child Um, I love that mm -hmm. because it's so pragmatic like it's so structured and you can actually read I mean if you can read your non-dominant handwriting but Mm -hmm. um uh it you know it's it's a conversation it's a very legit conversation that gives you so much information and connection and I love it Mm -hmm. and I mean we we have those conversations all the time with our inner child and any other kind of archetypes or energies that inhabit us but the, the fact that we we take a time and we sit and we we make it a ritual or something more like formal or official it it brings us to consciousness and and learning to parent ourselves as I said is a learning (laughs) so if if we internalize a model that is not ideal or that that is very critic or that is um neglecting um the the inner child um it's, it's also a good way to, like, it's a, a good um, reflection of how we treat our inner child. And we can be very harsh and very, um, very controlling um, with our, our inner child. Oh, so yeah. Just be able to, to see how we answer sometimes some demands or some needs, how we can be impatient. It's like, oh, okay. I, I get why I, whatever, react in some way. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Spending time 
is how we get information. Spending time with it with our intention and action and emotion is how we get information and release and love and get more of our deeper essence. Because in a way, our inner child taps us into our deeper inner essence. And mm. all the quote unquote inner child work is, is releasing those debris of past selves, of distorted, fragmented energy, which is not ourself, which is in the taking space instead of our deeper essence. So mm-hmm. the, the more we clear it up, the more of our, who we truly are shows up. Mm-hmm. Completely. Ah, deep emptiness. Vakuti. Oh, I love mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I may be filled with all possibilities. Amen. Hey, child. <laughs> okay, so I feel we are complete. Mm-hmm. Are we? Yeah, please uh, feel free to check the, uh, the show notes for um, we... We're going to have links to the books and the different things that we talked about in this episode. And also we're going to put up an image of uh, the anatomy of the uh, spiritual self, just to kind of give you a bit of a visual of some of the things we talk about when we talk about essence and wound and inner child and all that jazz. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And please share your inner children and their child with us, how it's been touched and moved by this mm-hmm. conversation. And if you have a drawing that was inspired by our show, you could send it to us and, and then we'd have it. <laughs> Yay. Cool. So mm. thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Until next time, you guys love upon you and us. Mm, lots of love. Hey, wasn't that interesting? What did you think? We certainly hope that something opened up for you and that you know and love yourself even more. We surely want to witness your insights and transformation. So please share with us what you got out of it. You'll find our social media links in the description. Stay tuned for the next Alchemical Conversation. Take care, beautiful star being.